Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. In one day, someday, any day now, is going to net a public glory and honor alongside Jesus. He's going to honor you before a watching world. And heaven knows who's who in the zoo, who's you know posing, who's faking it, and who's wrestling it out behind this. And in some ways, we're behind enemy lines. And so whatever battle God has allowed, he's given you an abundant grace to fight it. And the purpose of it is that you would be conformed in the image of Christ. So if you can keep things in the moment, in today, and accept his grace, look for his goodness, you'll have what you need to keep going. Fitness and wellness expert, naturopath, and adventure enthusiast, Wendy Peck. And my husband, Todd Isburner. He's a fundraising guru, men's mentor, and Bible scholar. And as a couple, we're going to share riveting breakthrough stories from our guests who've experienced the meaning of a changed life. Our hope is that you will be inspired, equipped, and entertained along your own life journey. So lean in, listen well. This could be your biggest breakthrough. Hey everyone, hey, thanks so much for tuning in again to another episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough. I'm Todd Isburner. And I'm Wendy Pett, and I am so excited because we have an awesome guest on our show today. Mm. Now listen, if you have ever been through any sort of physical trauma before, whether it's been abuse or even um, disease, you do not want to miss this show. Well, that's right, because our guest today is going to help prepare you to fight those battles. <laughs> She's been through a few of them. And it's not just about you know learning the, the, the way to fight, it's learning how to go through them and to have a victorious outcome on the other side. And her story is going to give you incredible hope, and I think it's going to offer you real restoration for your soul. Yes, for sure. On today's show, we're going to talk with a popular radio talk show host. She is a national speaker and best-selling author, and she's written 17 books. She is a veteran in the fitness field and has twice been voted top 10 finalists for the John C. Maxwell Transformational Leadership Award. Hang on, what? Yeah, right. Say that five, 10 wow. times fast. Okay, that's beautiful. The John C. Maxwell Transformational Leadership Award. Yes. I'd like one of those hanging on my wall. I know. I wonder if I could borrow Susie. <laughs> Hey, Susie, welcome. So very, very grateful that you're taking time today to join us. Honored to be with you both. I just, I've actually missed seeing your darling faces. So what a great chance. to get. Wow. To not too often that we hear that, but thank you for saying that. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> well, we sure adore you, Susie, and thanks for yeah. just taking the time. We know you are slammed with a lot of different projects, but um, I want to start off this podcast with kind of a slam, a slam in the sense of um, maybe rattling up uh, a, a few listeners and, and what they're thinking right now, because if you've ever gone through any kind of traumatic experience uh, physically, you're going to want to listen in because Susie is a woman of faith. Like when I think of the word faith, and if I were to open up the dictionary, I expect to see her photo there. And I, and I don't say that lightly, Susie, you are such a strong, devoted woman of faith. And so you have experienced God's promises. But what happens when, um, and this has happened, when those promises feel like they've been revoked, that the rug has just been pulled out from underneath you, what do you do? What's the first thing that you do? 
or have done? Well, you know, I told you uh, before the show to be completely raw and honest and sort of fighting the tears today because I feel a little bit like that right now. I've just been in a stretch where I'm not feeling well. And when we get into my backstory, friends will understand what that's about. But it's been kind of a long stretch more recently. And uh, but I've been at this a long time. And in Hebrews 12, when it talks about we throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. I have learned over the years as I've contended for the faith and kept the promise before me. For me, what hinders is self-pity and discouragement and disappointment with God. And so I, I know who I have believed, and I know I will stand with him on that final day. So when I have these stretches where I'm contending, I'm I'm you know holding on to the faith, and as a person of I'm a fighter. And as a person of discipline, I'm doing everything I know to steward my health in a way to position myself for God to do to bring the breakthrough that I, that he's promised me. Uh, and that doesn't happen. My soul can get really close to the edge. It used to go right into the ditch. But I, I can, I'm like on the rumble strips at times of disappointment with God going, how long? How long, oh God? Um, but I don't stay there long and I catch it so much more quickly because it, those are things that hinder my faith. And I, I talk to my soul during such times because anything and everything he has allowed over the years, as I've believed the promise, I've been changed in the process. And I'm more anchored to God and his goodness now through the battle than I was five years ago, 10 years ago, and even last month. So, and the thing is, all of these struggles are achieving for us a glory that far outweighs them all. You know, we, we're expected to have trouble in this life. And when you have that kind of knowledge that Jesus said that, and so you're not looking for a trouble-free life, you're actually delightfully surprised when you have sweet moments, you know, that he provides as well. Mm. Beautiful. Susie, I, I, I love the fact that you are a fighter, and uh, this is just sort of who you are. And I think there are a lot of folks who feel like, like, I just don't have it in me. I need God to do it all for me. But I want you to talk to that person because I, I think it's very seldom where we can just sit back and do nothing. So when you, how do you balance that out, knowing that God in his miraculous power can, at the snap of a finger, change everything, but yet there seems to be an expectation that we have to engage in the battle? How do you balance those two out? Boy, that's a great question. And, you know, back, so the, so for, so so that folks will know what part of my battle is, is Lyme disease. And then I had a massive relapse five years ago that looked like Lyme. I have a lot of neurological issues and it, it was actually mold toxicity that attacked my brain. And uh, it was it was horrific. I mean, it's an author and a speaker and a radio host. I couldn't spell words. I was having word find issues, lots of dizziness and crushing headaches and tongue going numb. And I mean, all, all kinds of really wretched symptoms. And But I remember... As a young mom, when I was battling Lyme, it wiped out my short-term memory that first time. So I'm in my late 20s, early 30s. I had, I felt like I was 90 years old, the joints and the fatigue and and then the medical debt that came with it because of my illness. So confronted all of my insecurities. And you had three young boys at the time, three right? Three little boys who were a party waiting to happen. Let me just yeah. tell you. <laughs> How boys can be. So, right. uh, But, you know, in that place, I would beg God please heal me, if not for me, so that I can raise these little boys. And uh, I remember one day the Lord broke through my silence and he said, I could heal you today, but you would lose it tomorrow. And I'm like, what? Why? And he said, because you don't have the infrastructure for healing. You think like a sick person. 
And, and that was just true because when you have chronic illness and when you have symptoms that are kind of scary, you become kind of a noticer because your face goes numb and you go, oh, and then you can catastrophize. But well, if this is going here and God's allowing this, what worse thing? You Google it and then it makes it worse. Yeah, yeah, that's not your friend. Let me just tell you that. Right. But I, I just was duly, you know, confronted because that was just true. And I started to, I, I said, Lord, take down the infrastructure of sickness and let me start to think like a healthy person. And that renewing your mind is a, a, a job that nobody can do for you. And it is critical and essential to maturing in faith. Now I'm going to jump to, to the man on the mat who'd been sick on the mat for 38 years. And Jesus says, do you want to get well? Now, when during this relapse about five years ago with this, all the stuff that was going on, my, I have three doctors, all believers and amazing doctors. Two of them said to me, if you weren't such a fighter, you would be so severely sick, you wouldn't be able to leave your house. So they said, you're fighting, you know, your discipline, your contending is in part, you know, a big part why you're functioning the way you are, even though you struggle. So the Lord kept bringing me back to that story. And I was fighting and I, you know, I was doing everything I knew. And if you could see the medicine and the supplements and everything that I need to do, thread the needle all day long with these things to make it work, God kept bringing me back to that story. And I'm like, Lord, this hurts my feelings because of course I want to get well, because Jesus asked the man in the mat, do you want to get well? And I'm like, why are you asking me this? You know, and he was just quiet. So I'm like, okay, I need to ask a better question. Are there hindrances in my own soul to my healing process? And I would say about a week later, I was backstage getting ready to step out to speak. And I had an inflammatory surge. So my face was going numb. My arms were going numb. My, I was getting these esophageal spasms, so I couldn't swallow. So everything was starting to cramp up in my throat. And I'm like, not now, not now. Oh, God, not now. And I'm starting to get lightheaded. And when you have an inflammatory surge like that, your brain doesn't fire. So it's like my, my tongue starts to go numb and I don't have the, the clarity that it would normally have. And I'm backstage. I'm like, oh, God, oh, my word, Lord, please, you know, and I'm just ready to step out. And the host grabs me. She pulls me back. She goes, oh, she doesn't know what's going on in my body at the time. And she's like, oh, when you get out there. Make sure that you tell them that you struggle with all that health stuff because they're just going to hate you when they get a look at you because you're such a cute little thing. <laughs> and I, I had this like flashback because I've heard that a thousand times. I'd hate you if you didn't struggle so much. You're such a cute little uh, you know, I'm getting older. So, I'm, you know, people will say that and drop it. No, now, you but, are a cute little thing. But, but <laughs> certainly, I, I, in my younger years as a young mom, I'm sure a lot of women can say this, was just shredded by some gossipy Christian women. I mean, and it it wrecked me. It was so painful. So jumping ahead to this moment, the Lord whispered to my heart, can you handle it? If I heal you, can you handle if there are women who will love to pick you apart? Like find a new reason to be jealous. Can you handle it? And I realized I'd hit this speed bump and I'm like, wow. So I'm, I'm drinking all my water, taking my supplements, praying the scripture. I'm doing a lot of the right things, but embedded in my soul was a like, Ooh, that." that's going to require some faith for me. And the Lord whispered, you know, not every woman, they're not all that petty. And those who are need healing too. And so there was a hindrance. Like a week later, you know, I pray every day for human trafficking victims every single day. And I was contending for those. And I heard the phrase blessing guilt. And I'm like, blessing guilt. And the Lord whispered to my heart, can you handle it if I heal you knowing there are 40 million slaves on the earth today? And I'm like, no. I mean, and I know theologically what God does for one does not diminish his ability to do for another. I know that, but in my soul, it's like, 
even though I'm doing all the right things, there was something in my heart going, this is nothing compared to what they deal with. And it was a hindrance in my soul. And I say all that, Todd, to say, if he zapped you today, you would still have the same infrastructure tomorrow. And it's not just about relief. It is about total redemption of your story. It's about a total overhaul of your perspective about who you are, who God is, and why you're here. So, I mean, just getting your instant miracle won't change your character. And I do believe, you know, my son is a recipient of a medical miracle. He had a severe back injury, was miraculously healed. Doctors can't explain it. It's an amazing story. That, that's not been my story. And I do think we're going to see more of those miracles. But I think a lot of those people are going to have been prepared, been contending and doing the work prior. And a lot of us have had to walk it out. I don't think it's less of a miracle. But I had so many emotions and insecurities tied up with my battle that God's had to untangle them a step at a time. So I don't know if that answers your question. No, it definitely does. It also raises a bunch of other questions uh, on behalf of others, but when yeah, go ahead. So I, I just, um, it's just such a reminder that our, our body hears what we think. Our body mm-hmm. hears yeah. how we um, express or don't express ourselves. And we hang on to that toxicity at the cellular level. And sometimes we don't even realize, just like you probably didn't realize, you probably thought, oh, I'm good, you know, I've, I've dealt with this. And then it kind of creeps back in. And you think maybe you've been delivered of that emotion or that stuck point or whatever the stronghold is. And then all of a sudden something triggers it, right? And then it causes a a flare up of some sort. You may well have dealt with it, but then there's a point in your life where God allows this overplayed enemy attack to position you for freedom. So I just, he's just setting the plow deeper and deeper so that there's more real estate in your, in your soul Mm. for God. Yes. You know? Amen. You know, yes, as, as, I love that. as you were describing how you had to fight, I was starting to get exhausted. I really was because I'm seeing you like throwing a left, throwing a right, going straight forward. But it, it does. It, it. I mean, it, it really truly does take a fight. And there are so many people who wish they didn't have to let God untangle things for them like you did because that's very painful. It takes tremendous amounts of perseverance and energy. Uh, I love your your recent book, Prevail, because you really have to prevail through all of this. Which which doesn't happen in a flash. I think that's the most frustrating part, Susie, is that some people want it now. We live in an instant society. Can you tell them how to maintain, because you said several things, renewing your mind and getting perspective. How do you maintain perspective and being patient until you're starting to learn what God is doing? How did you teach yourself to be quiet enough and patient enough while you're fighting? Because didn't you want it like right now? Oh, man, absolutely. And, you know, and prevail means two things. It means, one, to prove more powerful than your opponent, and two, mm. to be the last one standing. Mm. And I love that. So and, I mean, good. They titled that book that before 2020 hit. So, I mean, who, who would have ever guessed it would have landed in the year that it did, except for God knew. Um, but again, friends, I, you know, I don't want to give the impression that I don't have days. I mean, I literally was on the verge of tears this morning, woke up with a numb neck and feeling lightheaded, and my brain was and it's so stinking frustrating to me. So I don't want to give the impression that I'm Wonder Woman or a superhero because, you know, um, but I also do know that my faith is more precious to God than gold. And I think that for me, uh, 
you get into trouble when you catastrophize and when you borrow tomorrow's trouble on today's strength, you know, the grace is for here and for now. And I, it's so important to be attached to the goodness of God. And like Wendy was saying, you know, I, I wrote this in my book, Fully Alive, that what happens in your soul happens in your cells. And God knows the stuff we have shoved down in our basement because we don't want to pay attention to it. And it will surface one way or another because our bodies will hold on to it and get our attention another way. But it also is the mercy of God to allow when it's time and when you're ready, when you're strong enough, he'll allow a lie to surface so he can bring in the truth that you need. So all that to say, you've got to be attached to the goodness of God. And the way that you do that is to look around. I'm telling you every morning, every night, consider your blessings. I mean, seriously, not only count your blessings, the things that you would miss if they went away tomorrow, like a roof over your head and your loved ones and food in the cupboard, attach those to the goodness of God, because every good gift comes from him. I think we'll never prevail if we if the goodness of God is up for grabs. So we thank him for all that he's done. You know, the Bible says to be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and constant in prayer. And I think that is, you know, part of our strategy is to go, I'm going to stay so connected to the goodness of God. I'm going to believe with all my heart that this wrestle is achieving for me a glory that far outweighs them all. And, and I think it's first Peter, it talks about the private battle in one day, someday, any day now is going to net a public glory and honor alongside Jesus. He's going to honor you before a watching world. And heaven knows who's who in the zoo, who's, who's, you know, posing, who's faking it, and who's wrestling it out behind the scenes. And in some ways, we're behind enemy lines. And so whatever battle God has allowed, he's given you an abundant grace to fight it. And the purpose of it is that you would be conformed in the image of Christ. So if you can keep things in the moment, in today, and accept his grace, look for his goodness, you'll have what you need to keep going. Amen. Well, you um, have led by example on so many different uh, levels of this conversation, and and I'm ta- I'm thinking about right now just you know the blessings and the gratitude attitude, and you started doing that way back when on Facebook. I mean, you just started like writing out a blessing prayer and morning and night, and then next thing you know. Uh, a publisher picks it up and you you have a blessing uh, book for morning and night and people are, are are blessed by your blessing and I mean it's just it's just a ripple effect mm-hmm. and um, it, it is something there is something to be said about doing sometimes the thing that doesn't feel natural or feel good in that moment mm-hmm. you know um, but when you start to pray get on your knees when you start to thank you, Lord, for this and that and the other, then all of a sudden there's this release. There's this uh, whole different mindset of, of what you're going through. Anyway, you have just have done that well and led by example, so thank you. I love the fact that you are very transparent and very real, Susie, and this is what gives people hope because you know we could put Susie Larson up on a pedestal and say, well, this woman's got it all together, but the fact that you can share how God has got to distangle, detangle things within you in the process of learning is extremely encouraging. Um, you, you mentioned something earlier about even even today having to avoid this this self pity thing. Mm. <laughs> that is so tough because don't we feel so immersed at times? Easy to do when we're yeah. we're, we're just we're so surrounded and immersed by our problems. Mm-hmm. How do you not feel sorry for yourself? How do how do you avoid any kind of feelings of self pity? Yeah, and I. I think every battle is hard. There's something about the physical battle when you wake up hoping each day you're going to have some energy and you realize you feel crappy again, or excuse the word, but you know, it's how um, it's it, it, wherever you go, there it is. And um, 
But I just know for me that self-pity is a parasite. And it's like, and at days and moments like that, I just remember people in other parts of the world, my persecuted brothers and sisters. And I, that's, I have to get perspective because I know that I'm a citizen of the heavenly kingdom and we're all on the battlefield. And it's like, I, you know, I know too that, that death to whatever needs to die in me is life for you. That's what Paul says. So it's like, Lord, what in me are you getting at? You know, search me, cleanse me, change me and kill the flesh in me. Because if you wanted me delivered today, I would be fully delivered today. So what in me do you want to get at? And um, he's so faithful. He, and I think we make things harder for ourselves than we ought when we get into an entitlement and we get into the sin of comparison. And I just think this is Navy SEAL training right now. We've got to have a gaze like Flint, keeping our eyes on Jesus. And, you know, in Psalm 18, it's my kind of go-to chapter in the Bible. You know, they always say, if you have one, that, a story or a passage you keep going back to, that's part of your life script. No, Psalm 18 is totally that for me because the enemy confronted me at a time when I was weakness, weakest and God parted the heavens, came down, grabbed hold of me, put me above my enemies, put a new song in my mouth, put me in a spacious place. And that shows first he rescues you from trauma. Then he you know, puts you in a place of recovery. And then it goes, he strengthened my arms to bend a bow of bronze. You know, I he, he what is it? He puts my feet on high places so I can stand like the hind feet of a deer. I'm butchering it, but you know what I mean? <laughs> right. But when you think about that, I mean, in that athletics, when you're like training football players on agility, and when you can so speak to this, to learn agility, you've got to change directions, left to the right, to the back, to the front. It's anaerobic activity. You can't just get in your zone. Okay, I, I'm going to run straight for you know three miles. You've got to be ready to change at every which way. Well, that is what happens with spiritual agility. Walking on high places is uneven terrain, and it speaks of spiritual agility. Strengthening my arms to bend a bow of bronze. I mean, that's that's resistance training. When you think of the things that come at you in life, this is what God is doing. And in due time, it's like I remember in the bathroom when I had this massive flare up uh, five years ago when it, I thought it was a Lyme relapse. And it was it was like spiritual chaos and neurological chaos in my bathroom all at once. My neck went numb. My arm went numb. It felt like someone was turning a vice on my head and my vision started to blur. And I'm like, not again. Oh, God, not again. Not at this age. Please. Oh, God. And the Lord whispered to me. The storms reveal the lies we believe and the truths we need. And I'm like, the storms reveal the lies we believe and the truths we need. And I'm like, well, what? what? What lie do I believe? And I heard it in my ear. I can get to you anytime, anywhere, and God will never stop me. Do you know when I picked up that lie? When I, first of all, when I was nine years old, I was, you know, I was raised in a big family uh, denomination where I knew God was real, but I didn't know Jesus was accessible. I had a sense of his presence. I just didn't understand the gospel or anything. And at nine years old, uh, some boys in my neighborhood pinned me down and there was a sexual assault that happened. I got up from that place and didn't tell anybody what happened, but you can imagine it opened a canyon, insecurity, fear, self-hatred, that kind of thing. 10 years old, I'm, I'm just a puny little thing, four feet tall. I'm walking home from school and a different group of boys jumped me. They ran me down mm. and pummeled me. They beat me. To a pulp. Oh, they kicked word. me in the stomach, punched me in the face, pulled fistfuls of hair out. And I'm screaming and they're laughing wildly. And I, I know now in my adult life, you know, mindset, they were on drugs because they had a crazed laughing look in their eyes. I'm just screaming and they're mm. just laughing as they're pummeling this little girl. When they were done with me and they walked away laughing to each other, I got up and I heard in my ear, and it wasn't audible, but I heard it, I can get to you anytime, anywhere, mm. and God mm. will never stop me. And even though I was a seasoned believer, 
five years ago when this relapse happened. I know scripture. I know God's heart. I mean, I, I, I'm serious about my walk with God. I didn't realize that thing was still like there was a subconscious belief that I would have to endure everything I feared. Like everybody else had some kind of protection, but I didn't. And when the Lord said, the storms reveal the lies we believe and the truths we need. And I'm like, what is the lie? And then I heard it in my ear. God thundered in my voice. Now, if I could just set this up, if you don't mind. When I had Lyme disease the first time when I was sick, my right side of my face would go numb a lot. And I, I was new enough in my faith. I felt like the enemy had me by the face. Where's your God now? And I didn't have an answer because I just thought, I think he lost my address. You know, I, I have no idea where he is. Well, this time in the bathroom, my throat is closing. I mean, I had all this numbing and my arms are doing this thing. And, and, and I'm like, you can get to me anytime, anywhere, and God will not stop me. And God thundered through and he said, Susie, this is not true. You have believed this your whole life. You can't even know how I've provided in your life. You don't even know what I've prevented in your life. Yes, it feels like this enemy has you by the throat, but soon the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. Your foot will be on his neck. And that's what's in Psalm 18. And it was like, he said, I'm not going to let you lose, but I have to let you fight. Because I realized there's there was this embedded lie, that, and it, it's like it was D-Day battle for me. I'm not going to let you lose, but I have to let you fight. And I knew it was going to be a game on thing for me. And I actually got worse before I got better, but I'd heard enough from the Lord to go, this is my promised land, and I will not be denied. And what I have, the grounds that I have gained in these five years going, that is a lie, and I rebuke it at every front. The enemy is on a short leash. And any storm God lets come my way is to burn up the stuff in my life that has to go so that there is more of a firepower in my life to stand against the enemy and to help other people heal. And the more you see the fruit of your suffering, when you start to get kind of a little grit to your growl and you see that whatever God lets you go through, if you trust him, you will watch him turn the table on the enemy and his threat against you you'll see was very connected to your threat against him. When you start to help people out of your woundedness and see the fruit of your suffering, it'll only embolden you. And that's why I love the title even of your of your podcast, because we have to have that mindset or we won't prevail, you know? Mm. Susie, uh, you know, you talk a lot about trusting God and hearing from God. And uh, I just want to flip that coin around because I think that God uh, is willing and able to trust certain people with what they go through, so that the outcome can be the very thing that you talked about—the revealing Christ and and bringing healing. Uh, I don't I don't think oftentimes when we're going through something, we're aware that God is actually entrusting something to us, right. and that He'll carry us through that. Uh, love, so, like an honor, really seriously. And I know that's tough when you're Hard to hear. physically and <laughs> mentally just feeling crushed in all of it. But gaining that perspective of okay, I trust you, God, and thank you for trusting me to get love, through this. That's so good. Thank yeah. you. That's really good. What uh, you've, I love the fact that you went back a little bit and shared a little bit of your story as as a child. Nine years old, you you started to grow in your faith. Then you're. Yeah, I didn't know oh. Jesus then. That's okay. when uh, my That's when... trauma happened. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell us about what, what was the connecting point for you when you knew that God was real, he's in your life, you're going to follow him. It's so funny to me. Well, it's interesting. So I once I got into middle school, um, so the trauma that happened with these teenage boys were some of my brother's creepy friends. So mm. they were getting into some bad stuff. So um, once I got into middle school, I just, you know, it's like, I decided to get just super involved there because it would keep me busy after school until my mom got home from work. And it just, you know, 
but also I was an athlete and I can sing. And, and this is what I always say is when you don't know who you are, you'll misuse your time, treasure and talents to prove something Jesus has already proven. Well, I didn't know who I was. So it's like I was trying to be an overperformer to dig myself out of the dark, deep, wretched hole that I believe myself to be in because of what had happened to me. I mean, I didn't know whose fault that was. The beating I did, but the other thing I didn't, you know. And so I had this like deep, dark secret of, of whatever that was. And I was always trying to overcome that. And I was in eighth grade and I was, and I had so close to my mama. I mean, we had seven kids in our family and we were so tight. I always felt so bad. Like I had this dark secret, but I thought if I tell her it could change things, you know, in our relationship. And I didn't, I didn't even know how to articulate what had happened there. So it was just something that I had shoved down there. So I'm walking out the door to a slumber party at eighth grade. And my mom says, teasingly, now don't sneak out to meet boys. And I stopped. And I wanted to turn around to go, if you have any idea how that that is the last thing. That, I mean, I was always too busy for a boyfriend in middle school because I was terrified of putting myself in any kind of position of getting sure. in and the trouble. So, I mean, I'm, I stopped and I almost turned around to go, mom, if you could know, let me tell you why. I just didn't have the guts. So I'm like, I won't. I go to this sleepover and we do the slumber party thing. We're playing music and eating Doritos and all that. And about 10 o'clock at night, the girls decide to sneak out to meet boys. And I'm just like, I can't, you know? So I joked that I stayed back with the two women who smoked. I thought, <laughs> I didn't inhale. I just want you to know, I didn't inhale. But, yeah, they didn't want to talk to me either. But anyway, they're sitting in their sleeping bag and I'm sitting over across the room in my sleeping bag all by myself. And they went to the local Catholic school for during their school day. And they were mocking what the nun had said that day. Um, about revelation, about what's going to happen in end times, you know, as if, you know, a seal's going to open up and they're making fun of it. But I'd never heard anything like that before. So I'm listening going, oh, you know, and so I went out on the picnic table and looked up at the stars and said, God, I know you're real, but if there's more to you than what I know, I'll start reading the Bible. I think it's kind of boring, but if you can snap it up, we got a deal. <laughs> and that was my... Salvation. I always I picture God rubbing his temples going in on a technicality. Hey, <laughs> you kind of ne- negotiated. That's awesome, though. You sort that's of negotiated awesome. your way in. That's funny. I don't hear that very often. <laughs> well, you know, made me always feel like, you know, I, I was maybe an illegitimate member. But what I did <laughs> is read the Bible. And uh, I was in a particular denomination where I brought my Bible to church and was confronted uh, by the by the priest, if I can oh, just be honest, uh-huh. who told me not to bring it ever again, that it is up to him to read it, not mm-hmm. the people to yeah. read it. So I was such a rule follower, but I couldn't not read the Bible. So and I I, I would read it under my bed sheet with a flashlight oh, as, a, wow. as a middle schooler. And I fell in love with Jesus. And I That's knew it needed to be a penalty for sin. So I will tell you guys, for years, I knew I was saved. I just didn't know that I was loved. And it would take all the crisis that I went through as a young mom with pregnancies and babies with respiratory stuff. And then my Lyme disease to, to see the crack in my foundation. Cause I transferred my performing from, you know, junior and high school, you know, gymnastics and all the things I did to once I became a Christian, I was serving in five committees and doing everything I could to earn my way, you know, um, sure. and it really took being kind of laid out to realize I'm not what I do. I'm someone God loves. And Amen. from there you build. And so that's um, a little bit of my backstory. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love that, Susie. Yeah. I mean, what a special story. He's, he's so good. He's faithful. And he knows exactly 
uh, how to reach you as an individual. And so that's cool that the the girls that were smoking uh, opened that door for you. <laughs> well, I should bring them someday. Tell them. <laughs> you. Yeah. Thanks for making fun of that because now I'm saved. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Susie, you, you really minister and speak to a lot of women. Um, men obviously also listen to your program and are blessed by, by your words, but, but women, um, so many women have had some deep, dark, um, secrets that they've had to wrestle through. And, um, what would you say to that woman that doesn't know how to, uh, release the information or release that trauma so that they can get to their next level of living? What would you say to them? Like, the first step of how to, because it's so important for them to be in their best health so that God can use them accordingly, right? To their fullest. Yeah. I remember as a young mom and, you know, battling this disease. So I, I was operating on partial strength. And I remember just crying out to God going as a young mom who's battling a disease, I still fast. I'm praying. I'm memorizing scripture. I'm journaling. And I get up from this place and I'm still the same fearful, insecure person I was when I started. So where's the victory that I'm reading about in, in the word. And it was, again, the, the, the heavens seemed silent a lot during that time, but once in a while he'd break through with a, a truth bomb that was life altering, right? Like, I know I heard that and I that did not come from me. And this was one of those things where the Lord whispered in my heart. He said, I know that you love me, but you don't seem to know that I love you. So until I tell you different, every time you want to say, I love you, Lord, I want you to turn it around and say, you love me, Lord, say it now. And I said, you love me, Lord. And it felt like a foreign language in my mouth. I'd yell at my kids and then feel bad about it. He'd say, now, say it now. You love me, Lord. Even here, you love me, Lord. And the more that I started to affirm the love of God, and I found in the scripture, it's not that we loved God. It's that he loved us. You know, it's not how high we can jump. It's that he stooped down to make us great. That's what scripture says. It's, it's not that we loved God. It's that he loved us first. And he loves us first every single day. And it, that is the love. In Ephesians, it says, to know this love is to be filled with the fullness of God. And um, I'm super interested in brain science, and especially from this last five years because of what happened with my brain. Um, Dr. Tim Jennings is a brain, a neuroscientist for the brain I've had on the show lots of times. And he said, you will alter your brain, and then less your physiology. If you do this one thing, 15 minutes a day, and he goes, and it's going to feel like a long time, but he said, I want you to spend 15 minutes a day pondering the love of God, the love that he has for you. Find passages of scripture, sit with the love of God. He said, you will fire new synapses in your brain. Things will come alive in your brain. Your IQ will go up, your capacity to retain new information. It'll affect your cells will start to open up because when we're in trauma, we're in fight flight. And when you're in fight flight, your cells close up. So even if you're eating well, you're not receiving the nourishment. Even if you're hydrating well, you're not getting hydrated because fight flight puts us in shutdown mode. And that's what the enemy wants. And I think he's actually leveled that in COVID in this past 2020 isolation and fear has shut people down. And what's happened is as they've been shut down, trauma has come up and surfaced up. And so I just, I can't even stress this enough. I believe this has been a major, um, just a reset for the body of Christ. And, and it's not the cruelty of God. It's the goodness of God. Cause he's saying that stuff you've been numbing out and you've been ignoring because you've been able to be so busy. It's surfacing now. I want you to lean in, but you can't go there without knowing my love. So as you sit with this love for 15 minutes a day, if you only do one thing, you will start to know that it's safe to trust him as he leads you through this trauma. And as you walk through it, keep telling your soul, my great unearthing 
will be the devil's undoing, you know, but you can't go through those things without really being comfortable and at home in the love of God. That will change everything for you. There's a time in my life years ago, uh, after I met the Lord, when I started to understand a little bit better about God's love, because like you, Susie, I thought you kind of had to earn your way there. And when that revelation hit me, it then uh, it then unfolded to another dimension, and that is, and God actually likes me. Because <laughs> there's a difference between loving and liking, right? Like, God likes me. <laughs> so, but this, this idea of sitting still for 15 minutes, that's a tough one. Uh, but for I, you. I, for me, yeah. <laughs> Might be for others too, though. Uh, but obviously, this is all part of who you have become over the years and what drives you. And I was just going to ask you, what is the driving passion within you that allows you to put yourself through such a... Um, a, a, well, I was going to say a, a a busy, busy life, and I don't mm. I don't mean that in any other way than just you give so much of yourself, mm-hmm. and something drives you to do that. You want to help so many people. You're you're extending your your wisdom and your grace and your ministry in so many different ways. But what, what's that one driving passion that keeps you going and allows you to endure all that you've got to in your ministry? God, I love that you asked that. It's, uh, you know, it was said that Martin Luther had but two days on his calendar, this day and that day, that great day, the day of account. And every single person is going to give an account to Jesus one day. Those who have rejected his grace go before the great white throne of judgment and they will reckon they have a debt to pay because they didn't trust Jesus to pay it. And they'll be spent eternity paying that debt. And as they say, for the unbeliever, life on earth is as good as it gets. For us, life on earth is as bad as it gets. It gets better from here. But there is the fact that believers also will give an account. What did we do with our time, treasure, and talents? And so what gets me out of bed every day is I want to help as many people possible to to get ready to meet Jesus. So if you're lost, I want you found. If you're wounded and traumatized, I want you healed and whole so you can be mobilized into your purpose. And and just for the record, you know, I did burn out, as you can imagine, because I I am a driver and a taskmaster, uh, and that was... 15 years ago. And I wrote a book that came out of that. And from this place, I really, I mean, I just, just to be honest with you, I get two hours with the Lord every morning. I'm getting ready for bed at 830 every night. I work out about five times a week. So I'm very protective of my rhythms because I know, but I just have been a stretch that I don't feel so well. And I need to start a book now. So I'm feeling the pressure of that just makes my work harder when I don't feel well. But I'm super careful about that because I realized all those years ago, I have limits but I serve a God who has no limits. Amen. So I've tried to go in my own strength and it's not sustainable. So now I honor my limits. And then in that place going, Lord, I want to live a life totally disproportionate to who I am. And there are so many people that need to get ready because you don't want to have a regret on that day. And, mm-hmm. that, and I think it's first John when he's talking to Christians. He said, I don't want you to be ashamed on that day, meaning there will be a moment of regret for some believers going, I lived like a practical atheist. I lived mm. like your promises weren't true. And I feel such an urgency that we redeem every moment, every battle, every blessing for eternity's sake. Yeah. That's the driving force for mm. me. Thank That's you. so Thank good, you. Susie. Yeah. So good. And I think about um, the woman like yourself that is a driver and has a lot going on. Um, not you, but maybe someone else may think that they're still not doing enough. So there's also that grace. There's also that balance of that too, right? Uh, Knowing that, okay, no, I I am giving all that I can give right now and be good with with Mm. the great work that you're doing. Um, All right, so we want to shift to a a little fun question here. And it's it's just, what 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 do you 
we'd not know about Susie. Like you've been on several podcasts, you've got your own show, you've kind of unveiled just about everything. But what's kind of that little thing that no one knows about Susie that might be kind of fun? I'm a really good dancer. Oh, you <laughs> are? Hey, I love it. Like salsa or? Yeah, well, I grew up and that's one of the great memories of my family. My parents were fantastic dancers. And uh, my dad was a mayor of our city actually for 27 years. And so, but anyway, on Friday nights, they would move the furniture out of the living room and pair all the brothers and sisters up and taught us the, the jitterbug and all those oldies, you know. Oh, how fun. And I remember the police officers bringing the, the council minutes and seeing all of us, my brothers flipping us around. So when we get to a family wedding on the dance floor, we burn it up. But um, as that's a fitness great. director, I also taught hip-hop and I, I just love I hear a good downbeat I have to move well so. we need to get together and dance Susie because hey. I I love to dance myself yeah girl. so yeah. those uh, those who might be watching this on YouTube do you do you want to get up and give a few spins or? <laughs> okay. you and I girl <laughs> I love that I All right. love that we're gonna ask one yeah. more question and then let you go so what would you want the one word or the one phrase to be that sums up the entirety of who you are I think prevailed. Good. He prevailed. Yeah. 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 That's good. That's and what you're doing. Way, that book is available right now, isn't it? Is it already been released? Yeah, it's sold and, out the day it released. Oh, wow. and oh so my word. It's already on its third print run and just praise God. Want. You know, here's yeah, here's what's, yeah. here's what you need to know about Susie. So before we we started recording, so I said, you know, we we're gonna talk about your book. No, we don't need to talk about my book. I'm <laughs> like, yes, we is, do. <laughs> we really do. I actually I mean it's like a devotional, three hundred sixty five. Three hundred sixty five day devotional. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Awesome. Colored I pages. Hate. I mean the publisher did a gorgeous job. The pages right. are colored. Yeah, Amazon Christian book, you can get it wherever. So, awesome. Yeah, we'll yeah. go get prevail and and I know it will be encouraging for you as you go through your own life journey, uh, whether it's been traumatic or not. We all have uh, the needs oh. to uh, need a devotion and be blessed in, in that moment. So Susie's always got great words of wisdom to share. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank God you, bless you. We love you so much and uh, grateful for our friendship. Yeah. yeah, you as well. And keep up the amazing work, you too. Thank, thank you. you. Likewise. Thank you, Talk to you soon. Right, blessings. Bye-bye. Blessings. Wow. Oh my goodness. That was the best. It's like, I've got to go immediately now and listen to this because uh, there's so many, <laughs> so many nuggets, so many, so many nuggets, nuggets of truth that every single one of us need to hold on to and start practicing this whole idea though of 15 minutes a day. Uh, that, that was sort of new for me uh, to just absorb God's love. Right. Right. Cause she's so right. I mean, and then to have a, then to have science that sort of proves it literally can change Lights your, brain. Up your brain. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's like, uh, Love that. Meditation, you know, it's the same kind of thing, but you're meditating on wow. on God's love for you. Mm. And that does, it lights up your brain and it it heals your your soul. Um, you know, she, I mean, I was almost in awe. Like I didn't really have much to say because I was just processing all the good stuff I'm she was saying. Actually that you, you talked more. <laughs> I just I loved some, every look, little nugget she I was sharing. I have so many great. more questions for oh, her. But I, I don't <laughs> know if I'm, if I'm getting this quote exactly right, but every single one of us, oh. Go through storms. You might be in a yeah. horrible storm right now. My takeaway from her storms has been what God spoke to her, and that was the storms reveal the lies that we believe mm-hmm. uh, and the truth that we need. Yeah, so good. That so sent me listen, like just chills get, on my arms. Get perspective on what you're going through. And remember this, you can trust God. The question is, can God trust you? Because mm. he's given it to you for a very important reason, not just for your benefit, but for the benefit of many others around you. So 
with that, I just yeah. want to encourage you uh, to share this, if you would please, with others because you know they got to hear it. Yeah, so good. Yep, just flip the script and uh, and away we go. Anyway, uh, blessings to you guys. We so appreciate you sharing uh, the podcast. Um, you know, we had uh, someone reach out to us recently that that listened and actually watched, and they said, wow, we just stumbled across your podcast, and it blessed me big time. I needed to hear it right in that moment, and it was because it was shared. And so, um, we, you know, you never know who might need to hear this message. So we just appreciate you sharing, and uh, the right person will hear and hopefully will be blessed as well. So anyway, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time on Your Biggest Breakthrough. Hey, if you want to learn more about Susie Larson, go to suzylarson.com, and that's where you can purchase her books or on Amazon or at your local bookstore. Again, that's suzylarson.com. Thanks for joining us. Well, that's a wrap for today's show. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, we love spending time with you right here on Your Biggest Breakthrough Podcast. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode. But until then, just head on over to yourbiggestbreakthrough.com where you'll find some free resources and information and a place where you can comment and we would love to dialogue with you there. Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Oh, 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 oh,